This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, it's Desi. How the you more doing funner Desi. Yes, the more funner. <laughs> I'm the mostest funnest, the too. Mo- the mostest funnest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be how one of those episodes. Think I'm serious. Well, I should have a drink. Is one what person I should in this do. room thinks you're serious. <laughs> I'm not serious. I know more, and ER does not go more funner. It's either more fun or funner. Mm-hmm. I know this, man. Okay. So it's the mostest funnest. The mostest funnest. The mostest funnestest. Yes. Just like I'm the bestestest. Yeah, sure. I have been the bestestest my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I teach That's our kids funny. too. <laughs> Feeling pretty good today, you know. We got to look outside, and it was the snow was almost oh. gone, and now it's snowing. So that's amazing. <laughs> My kids have been hearing, or our kids <laughs> have been hearing me cuss all day today, all day. Yeah, it won't stay long though. It's not supposed to get cold, at least. What? It was like. Well, I suppose it wasn't. Tomorrow's below supposed zero. to be above freezing. So. Today was above freezing. Yeah. I just It'll hope melt. it goes as fast as it came. It'll melt. Goodbye, yep. snow. Anyway, I think you are first this week. Yeah, that's what you told me. Mm-hmm. I was in disbelief. Yeah, you I always are. I don't know why I love going first so much. <laughs> I don't see the difference. <laughs> I like to end the show. Oh, okay. Because people like to hear me end the show because I'm the bestest. Because mm, most <laughs> Most people like don't <laughs> listen to an entire <laughs> podcast, so if you end the show, there's a better chance they didn't listen to all three of your stories. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> there was no comment, just a lot of blinking on mm. my end. For all of you who cannot see, this is why we should be doing this by video. Mm. So people could just see my facial expressions. No, we'd have to like. I've always been told that I have the best facial expressions ever, and, and I'm like, that's because my face says it all. I never have to actually speak. Mm. And they're like, yeah, but the problem is, is you would. Still. You do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to speak, but you definitely do. I do, and I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's not my problem. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. So my first story, actually, this kind of reminded me of, like, the Flat Earthers. Okay. So we're going to start off with that. But this could be true. I don't know. Okay. And then I'll put my theory at the end of all of this, too. So the historians that believe we currently live in the year 1724. (laughs) What? So 2020 hasn't happened yet. Okay. The worst years are yet to come. I mean, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if there was some kind of culture out there that just that's just the way their dates worked, but Well, after reading through this, I kind of could see it kind of, I don't know. Okay. So, um You know how we started off with like the Julian calendar mm-hmm. or that was the first official calendar, mm-hmm. I should say. Okay, so this is kind of where it all dates back to that. So in the 90s, several German historians proposed a radical idea that the Middle Ages didn't exist, and we were in fact living through the 18th century. 
So in 1582, Pope Gregory the 13th. Okay. It was Roman numeral, so I had to sit there and go X is 10, 1113. <laughs> it's been that long. So introduced the Gre- Gregorian calendar. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, prior to this, most of Roman and Europe would have used the Julian calendar, mm-hmm. which in my old job i used the julian calendar on a daily basis as weird as that may sound but if you've ever worked in the insurance industry and process claims or worked with claims you use it um in order to try and link the calendar up to the solar year the julian calendar had a leap year every four years in which an extra day was added Mm -hmm. the problem was um that since the actual solar calendar is they have the number in here uh, 365.24219 yep. days. So the Julian calendar quickly gained a day every 100, excuse me, every 128 years. Mm-hmm. So I remember l- learning about this in the year 2000 when we didn't have a leap year, and that's why. Oh my under gosh. The Gregorian calendar. Conan O'Brien went through my head. <laughs> in the year Funny. 2000. <laughs> okay, so to account for this, uh, with the Gregorian calendar was when it was introduced, uh, the Pope should have shifted the date by 13 days instead of the 10 that he shifted it by. Okay. So this is where the theory comes in play that things are not being counted the way it should be. So, okay. um, so there's two possibilities that the theorists came up with. The Pope did the math wrong or the 300 years in between then and now didn't actually exist in large chunks of history had been fabricated for uh tenacious purposes okay i see where these people are coming (laughs) from now so you know the most probable answer is whoops it was a mistake but no 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 no. it's gonna be you know some you know they're hiding something in these you know many years of history that oh no it's very logical oh i'm sure i'm sure it is (laughs) so first outlined by it's german uh Herbert Illig in 1991 before being expanded upon in 1995 by Dr. Hans Ulrich Nimnitz. Nimnitz? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I Kay. had to. Yeah. So the phantom time hypotheses, they claim that they are so far more evident than merely a pope who didn't pay attention in astronomy class. Uh, Nimnitz, <laughs> oh gosh, in a paper on the subject, points to the lack of progress in the West during the time and the lack of record of big events. Okay. So, why, how, who would do this? Um, it was proposed that Otto the Third, Holy Roman Emperor, wanted to live in the year 1000 AD because this suited his understanding of Christian millennialism, but had been born 100 years too early. Okay. Uh, so he just figured, oh my God, this is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, it's yeah. an emperor. They yeah. could do whatever they, they want. They can do whatever they want. Um, he and the Pope got together and defined the date as 1000 AD, leaving a backlog of around 300 years to be filled up by chroniclers. Um, In this version of events, Otto made up Charlemagne as 
the model hero he himself wanted to be before centuries later others embellish Charlemagne's story Charlemagne's story <laughs> I'm saying that wrong um, while others added in their own made up history during their, this period so um, as well as being able to deprive it through looking at history around the world at the time the Tang Dynasty of China Kay. as we all know or should be aware of or have heard of it at least mm-hmm. once um sync up just fine with the middle ages so without needing any phantom time um and the fact that a conspiracy would have been required a wholly unrealistic amount of cooperation and cover-up mm-hmm. humanity is incredibly good records of astronomy I don't know why all of a sudden I drew a blank and I can't say this word and I should. Astronomical. <laughs> there we go. I can't say it either. Events. I thought about it too long. And they can disprove the theory on their own. So between Haley's Comet, um, there were a few hmm. other things. Yeah. It's pretty much being disproved. However. That don't matter. I think this is going to be like. A flat earther thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it would, uh, wouldn't surprise me. And you can throw all the disproving things at it you wanted. I mean, the fl- bunch of flat earthers literally ran a test, and the test they ran proved the earth was round, and they said, oh, well, but that's because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. Some, something <laughs> like, has to be astray. Like, the setup isn't right. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what always, what I, what blows my mind about things like this, and I'm not ta- I'm not saying there's never been cover-ups or conspiracies i'm not saying none of them are true but with something like this the amount of people that would have to have been in on it i could and not say anything is way too many an error in the math with the calendar oh yeah i can totally see an error in the math oh well we were off because we weren't counting days that we should have been counting i understand that 100 cover up to be made like oh it should be Wow. But not like, you know, here's all these years that didn't exist, and now we're going to invent a bunch of history that existed in those years that never really happened. That, like, would take... Just leave it be. Yeah. Add the extra datings if need be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people in 100 years will be like, wow, it's so weird. No one was ever born on these dates. (laughs) (laughs) You ever wonder that walking through a cemetery and you notice nobody's ever born or died on those dates? Weird. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I'm very fascinated by things like this, but at the same time, I get a little frustrated with the with people who, no matter what proof you show them, they're not going to believe you because they're 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 they're, they're invested. They're too invested in the. Conspiracy. Oh yeah. yeah, way too invested in the conspiracy. Too invested, or it just fits their own bias for yeah that's another reason reason might fit you know they've got some other conspiracy in their head that think they think is true and this happens to fit well in with that so they go along with it that happens a lot too yep huh that's cool 
That is very much like the flat earther. It makes me want to go. I haven't gone on to Facebook to look, but I think I should oh. go on to Facebook or like Reddit. I wonder I if there's you, a there's, Reddit there's thing. There's a subreddit. And is there probably a flat yeah. earther thing on oh, Reddit? Because yeah. oh, I'm yeah. not. There's a, there's a flat earther subreddit. I've never yeah. been big on Reddit. Mm-hmm. You know this. There, there is. There's there's like an official flat earther sub, subreddit, and there's many subreddits making fun of flat earthers. So, yes, there's all kinds of them. I love but everybody, I'm sure but I would be making fun I'm of sure the there's Facebook earthers. groups for, you know, people who believe this. There's Facebook groups for everything. Weird. So Weird. Yeah, I want to check it out a little more just to kind of see how, how big of a thing this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanna, I'm going to definitely look more into that as well, for sure. I thought it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my first story. Little dun, dun, dun. A little bit of history. Again? I'm going to talk I just did history. I'm going to talk about <laughs> a man who probably put on he was a lawyer and he probably put on the best murder defense anybody's ever put on. OJ Simpson's lawyer. No, we're talking history, like not but like that is not like our life history, like, like <laughs> oh, hold on. My oldest wouldn't know who OJ Simpson probably is. Well, really? No. I'm sure he knows who OJ is. He was He's not into sports. No, Naked Gun, awesome, funny movie. You're telling me he's never seen it? No. That's crazy. You never. That's from watched. the 80s. We didn't have Netflix when he was a child. I get you didn't have Netflix, but you know. Is Naked Gun even on Netflix? It was. They took it, it was. off. I think they took it off. Yeah. Yeah. He. I don't think he knows. Maybe he doesn't. That was like the trial and all that was before his. Yeah, but as he was in high school, there was a his other trial that he went to jail for, and you know that was all pretty hmm. publicized as this well. This is true. So Maybe the, he knows who he is. Trial. Anyway, this lawyer, his name is Clement Vallingdam. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about his earlier life first. Okay. Um, he ran for Congress in Ohio. For U.S. Congress in Ohio, okay, in 1956, but he lost by 19 votes. Yuck! Now he appealed to the Committee of Elections of the House of Representatives, so they have a committee there you can appeal to. At least they did at the time, and the committee took a look at. He he appealed saying that um, a bunch of fake people who shouldn't have voted voted for his opponent, and that's how he lost. Um, the House ends up agreeing with him. Wow. And they seat him as a congressman two days before the term ends. <laughs> so he got to be a congressman for those two days. What? <laughs> it, took them it, two, it took them two years to make that decision. Almost two full years to make the decision. Wow. But I he did run. Feel he, cheated. He did run for re-election, and he did win another term. So he, w- did, he did technically serve two terms, but the first term was only two days long. I thought that was really weird, kind of interesting. Did he even get the benefits for the first two terms? I have terms? No, no idea. No idea. Um, he did lose the th- in the third time he ran. He officially lost. And he became um, a proponent of the Civil War. He did not want to see the Civil War. He lived in Ohio. They were in the north. Um, but he organized a group of people called the Copperheads. And there were this group of people who were against the war and against abolishing slavery. Whoa. Yeah. He, as the Civil War is going on, he starts organizing all these events and speaking in front of crowds. At the time, um, 
we had passed Abraham Lincoln, uh, Abraham Lincoln had signed some laws against tre uh, treasonous laws against speaking out against the Union and things like that mm -hmm. at the time. So he ends up being tried and convicted of treason. But instead of being sentenced to death, he was given a break and he was just forced to leave the North and had to go live in the South. Hmm. So th after the Civil War, it you know er, he's fine he can now come back they you know they granted pardons to a, a lot of people like him after the war was over but this is where the trial be this is where the trial i want to talk about comes in he was a lawyer in 1871 in lebanon ohio and he had a, a defendant a guy hires him named thomas mcgean okay now thomas was in a bar fight on Christmas Eve. During this bar fight, a gun went off and killed a man during the ball during the brawl. Tom Myers dies during this brawl from a gun going off. Okay. Everybody in the bar said it was Thomas that did it. They saw him. So he's up on murder he's up for a murder trial. Now Clement had this idea that he thought he could convince a jury that um, Tom Myers shot himself on accident. And okay. That his, his client was innocent. So he was demonstrating this to a fellow lawyer. He took a pistol, the same type of pistol that was used in the shooting. He shot at a chair with a piece of cloth over it to show how the powder burns would be on there if you were shooting from that close to demonstrate that. So he demonstrates that and they have a few drinks and he decides he's going to go back to his hotel room. Okay. He goes back, or before he leaves for his hotel room, the person that he's kind of demonstrating this to says, hey, you still have two rounds in that gun. You know, you should take those out. You might shoot yourself. And he says, don't worry about it. I have been carrying a pistol my entire life. I'm not going to, you know, shoot myself. Oh, God, he ends up shooting himself. He goes back to his hotel room. And in the hotel room, he's got some other lawyers coming to his hotel room because he wants to discuss this this defense that he wants to put on. He wants some feedback, you know, from other attorneys. And by the way, in this hotel, the jury is also staying there for this oh trial. Oh, my God. They're also in the hotel. So he gets back to the hotel. He sets a gun down on the counter. A couple other attorneys show up to talk to him, and one of them brings the replica gun that he's supposed to use in trial if he wants to demonstrate anything with a gun. Okay. He grabs that gun, sets it down on the counter. Now he decides he's going to describe to these attorneys how he thinks it happened. He picks a gun up off the counter, picking up the wrong gun, the one with two rounds in it, points it at himself, and shoots himself. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, said, oh, my God, I think I shot myself. <laughs> now, really? this was heard all over the hotel. People come rushing in from all over. Many members of the jury see him <laughs> dying of a gunshot wound that he inflicted on himself. Um, the result... No, he did die. Next day he died, which is horrible. And they found him not guilty. But they found his <laughs> client not guilty. The jury agreed that the guy probably could have shot himself after what they saw his attorney do. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
when I started researching this guy's life, I wasn't sure what part to focus on. You know, you had things that happened during the Civil War. You had him running for election and only serving two days out of a term. But I really thought his death was the most interesting and the most not talked about. There, even like in the congressional record, it has him listed in his death. It just has it listed as accident. It doesn't explain anything well, about it. Was his an death. accident. I know, but a lot of people it'll sh- say, it's you know go into like depth in- how things happened. It, I just thought it was very interesting that you don't find the information about this in very many places. But yeah, he uh, so yeah, he was a congressman. He <laughs> tried and convicted of treason and <laughs> exiled to the south. Oh my goodness! And ends up dying in a self-inflicted gunshot wound trying to f- to uh, defend a client by saying that somebody shot themselves. Crazy, crazy story. What a way. I thought it was a crazy story. That is a crazy story. Like, yeah. Not a way to go, but hey, put on one hell of a a defense for that client, though. (laughs) Sure did. (laughs) Well, my next story is about one hell of an act. (laughs) Okay. So... From yours to mine, it's also history. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of the Cherry Sisters? Cherry Sisters. Not in anything I talk in public on. No, <laughs> no, I've never heard of Cherry <laughs> oh <my> Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so, they were an infamous act. Okay. Um, back in the day. I'm gonna say they're not related to Two Girls One Cup, are they? <laughs> Gross. Never mind. No. <laughs> no. So, um, they were a touring uh, vaudeville act vaudeville, in yeah. vaudeville, whatever, in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. So, okay. uh, they sold out shows, but their success match was only by their infamy. Uh, they sang, danced, played instruments, and recited poems and essays in an over-the-top dramatic performance, and they drew audience who came to witness their obvious lack of talent. So Lack of talent? Lack of talent. Okay. So as the American Weekly once reported, they began as the four worst professional actresses in the world, and they <laughs> ended out without improving one iota. Really? Really. So... This almost sounds like the story of the producers. I have no idea what uh, you're talking about. It was a it was a play that was literally put on to be a flop, but they did such a good job putting it on to flop that it ended up being extremely financially successful. <laughs> but maybe this was what it was based on. Maybe. I have no idea. Um because this has quite a background in a history that's a little bit longer of a story, so pull up a chair and Kay. sit up tight here. Sit up straight. Okay, so Addie, Effie, Ella, Lizzie, and Jesse Cherry, they made their way to Marion, Iowa with their parents in 1872. So their parents had previously moved with them to several different states. However, er, having lost two children, um, so they just kind of made sure to follow mm-hmm. them. And entertaining audiences on stage as the group was Effie's idea in 19 or 1893 and they decided to perform at a local Daniel's Opera house um, all five of them at the time as a way to make money quickly paying off their previous expenses in school and church productions hmm. and then they made posters 
and eagerly posted them around their community for their first show. So the first show started with the song from Effie that, and then they all sang, danced, and played musical instruments with, um, like things like harmonicas and things like that. Okay. So, um, because the neighbors and friends in the audience politely applauded them um <laughs> you don't want to insult your neighbor no no or no. your friend uh the sisters thought they were simply marvelous pocketing a hundred dollars in ticket sales and decided that they were destined for the stage so so they were bad and didn't know they were bad that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so uh their second performance was a larger theater in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, starting, uh, starring only four of the five sisters. The audience didn't hold back their expression or expressing their true opinions. Um, oh, I bet that was a shock. <laughs> they were blowing tin horns, throwing various items at the sisters, because, you know, this is back in the day. Oh, yeah. Tomatoes, Tomatoes were, a were thing. flying, I'm sure. Um, in a review, the Cedar Rapids Gazette wrote, their knowledge of the stage is worse than none at all, and they surely could not realize last night that they were making such fools of themselves. <laughs> so the sisters were upset by this. They demanded a retraction. Um, Addie ended up writing one herself, and the newspaper printed the barely intelligible retraction. Okay. Quote. Um, full of mis like mistakes, grammar, errors, mm -hmm. all that. Um the sisters then accused the writer of making um, claims, and he was arrested in the newspaper, proposed an idea, hold a theatrical trial at the local opera house, <laughs> and have the sisters perform for the jury. And they did just that. Really? And the writer was eventually found guilty and sentenced to marrying one of the sisters. Oh, my gosh. Though he didn't actually serve his sentence. Okay. So... <laughs> uh with word of the latest incident spreading nationwide, the cherries began gaining attention. And despite the negative press and reaction they faced, the sisters continued performing <laughs> locally in front of such crowds. So it's unclear whether they took themselves seriously or were in on the joke itself. Hmm. I um, can see, like, in my head, I can picture both types of people. I can picture the type of person who's like, well, you know, we're just going to keep going on. This is working, you know, we're making some money. We're I can also money. think of the type of person who's like, we want a trial. <laughs> we're obviously not bad. Narcissists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so they're developing this reputation of being comical, and they will leave um, stage or theater manager will put them put down the curtain close the curtain on them during performances mm. all that fun stuff yeah uh the women soon approached an agent in chicago in chicago who recognized just how terrible <laughs> and so full of potential <laughs> their performance was so uh with the strange ability to draw large crowds the agent signed the sisters to tour through iowa kansas and illinois uh, the curtain was about to open on their career, but uh, they were becoming famous for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing about this was um, they got a rep reputation of being 
so diabolically awful that the people would go see them just to throw things at them. And they did. I'm sure. Uh, people would throw rotten fruit and vegetables. They'd throw cigarette butts, cigar butts, <laughs> overshoes. What's an overshoe? I don't know. <laughs> Guessing probably like some kind of rubber shoe that goes over your shoe to protect your shoe. That'd be my guess. I have no idea. I really don't know. But they'd take their overshoes off and throw them on the stage. Um, and I thought throwing a shoe at somebody was actually a good thing. Eh, I think it depends on where you're at. I don't okay. think um, former President Bush thought it was good when that guy threw a shoe at him. That was funny. <laughs> was he singing? No, he was speaking. <laughs> okay. Big difference. <laughs> well, were these people actually singing? I mean, they were you performing. Can you was qualify Bush it as singing? <laughs> was Bush performing? Sure. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, there are awful performances. Um, they got such the strong reactions that in some city cities, riots actually broke out Holy in the cow. audience. So during an early performance in Dubuque, Iowa, the audience came armed with rotten eggs, cabbage, and other food items, some even carrying fire extinguishers and the <sighs> tin horns. Wow. At one point in the performance, Jesse was sprayed in the face with the fire extingu extinguisher and ran from stage, her clothing soaked, and a frustrated Effie then returned with a shotgun. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. And pointed it at the audience. Only to be hit by cabbages. <laughs> so the police and theater staff, they actually did very little to stop what was happening, mm -hmm. which I just find crazy, but then I don't. Um, even when the show ended, men from the audience followed the cherries to the hotel. The police did escort the women inside. The chief of police then um, charged the opera house manager $14, which I'm sure was a lot of money back in the day for preventing um, order. Okay. So it, um, the Dubuque riot actually made national headlines. Funny. So they're getting more famous. Getting more famous, that's for sure. So um, they ended up in New York. Oscar Hammerstein, a theater mongol, mongol, mongol. Mogul. I, w I was thinking of the animal. <laughs> Mongol. Isn't it a Mongol? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, who booked them at the New York's uh, Olympia Music Hall in 1896? And so this is a couple years into the, the show mm -hmm. um, in an effort to save the venue from bankruptcy. And he had stated, I've tried the best, now I'll try the worst, he reported. Um, when they arrived in a headline in New York Times described them as the four freaks from Iowa and a spectacular more pitiable than amusing. <laughs> so fortunately for the Cherry Sisters and Hammerstein, the New York performance lasting six weeks bought financial success and earned about $500 a week. So back in that's the West States, that's a lot of money. Um, the lack of talent on display to the big city was something New Yorkers had never seen before. And the New York Times reported, it is sincerely to be hoped that nothing like them will ever be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> These poor girls. So upon the sisters returning to Iowa, Billy Hamilton, editor of Audible Chronicle in Iowa, printed one of the most scathing reviews of the Cherry Sisters in 1898. 
after attending one of their performances. The negative reviews were nothing new for this the sisters, but this one particularly uh, tugged at the heartstrings, and part of it was picked up and reprinted by the Des Moines uh, leader, another paper. Okay. So the sisters sued the two newspapers um, for libel claiming $15,000 in damages for false uh, malicious information and the women saw it as a step too far <laughs> so the kind of things that were being said about them in the paper were very very cruel so I they're suing about their feelings being hurt Yeah. Um, the Iowa State Supreme Court eventually ruled against the sisters which I could see because mm-hmm. these are critics that are yeah. making I mean they're expressing their opinion they're allowed to do that and it the verdict read if ever there was a case justifying ridicule, ridicule and sarcasm, um, it is the one now before us. According to the record, the performance given by the plaintiffs was not only childish but ridiculous in the extreme. A dramatic critic should be allowed suitable license in such a case. The public should be informed of the character of the entertainment and the publication should be held privileged. So the concept of fair comment... Um, the Iowa court, court mm. more or less, um, that's where that came about. Okay. So um, the so the legacy of the Cherry versus Des Moines leader is that you do see the press as being allowed to print things um, that, if done without mal- malice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that are truthful, then it's fair criticism. So. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. So. I, I am surprised. It sounds like they just didn't realize how bad they were. Well, like so towards the end here, it says uh, Jesse died, and this ended their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but reflecting on their legacy, the Cherries were in some way ahead of their time. They were five women who were doing their own thing and playing their by their own rules. They did what they wanted. Oh, this My would, motto. This would be an amazing comedy thing. Like, and could, I can understand how it could be extremely popular. I oh, mean, oh yeah. But to this day, the true motivation of the Cherry Sisters it remains a mystery. Um, did they intentionally put on a horrible mm-hmm. performance simply for the mon- money? Uh, well aware of their lack of talent or did they actually think they were good mm-hmm. this is something that yeah, it's, we idea. will never actually know like makes me think of uh what's his name william hung william hung uh like Why does that season name sound? one of um wow why am i blanking right now why does it sound that singer show america's got talent no older Early Kelly Clarkson won an early season. Oh, uh, American Idol. American Idol, season one. He was like a, a an Asian guy, and he he sang. Um, I think I remember. I don't remember what, what he sang. He, I don't about. even remember what he sang, but it was so hilarious. But he can't became like worldwide popular I for being so now. bad. So yeah, kind of reminds me of him. Yeah, they were. They kind of compared their shows to. It wasn't American Idol, but America's Got Talent and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. some of it is just so comical because these people actually think they, they think are they're good. They think they're really good, and they're 
and they're not and then they're like angry when Mm -hmm. somebody is trying to tell them hey you are not good at all Mm -hmm. like you can't listen to your family and friends they're not always going to give you the honest Mm -hmm. truth and some people i imagine some people who get to that point their entire lives it's not just when they're performing but they've never been told they did everything's been good job good job and never told when they did you know needed improvement somewhere so they don't know how to receive that information I know how to receive it, but I don't feel like people ever give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funny part. Funny, funny. Well, that was an awesome story. I thought it was a pretty good story. I I think they were almost ahead of their time. I think they were ahead of their time. And to be honest, you know there had to at least be one sister in there that was smart enough to know they sucked. And she was like, you guys were really not that good, but you know what? So I really think they knew. I think it was why, either one of the sisters were being thrown at you. Why would you keep doing either it? Either one of the sisters knew, or they had some kind of, or they had a really, really good like road manager, who kind of. There's always a few in know, the crowd. Yeah. You know, somebody who you know was was able to. I'm I'm guessing it was one of the like, sisters that was able to recognize, know. hey, we can make some money, and all I got to do is make sure these people, make sure my sisters really think, good. think they're good, but don't improve, <laughs> and we can make some money. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a few years, you think you would at least get a little bit better. Too. You think you you think you would, but I mean, if if people are I'm coming because you're not good, maybe you, you don't want to get better. I can suck at a lot of things. Maybe that's what I need <laughs> to do for a living. It's there you just, go. just suck, suck at, at something. Things. Yeah. Maybe we should put on a shitty podcast. Maybe. See if we can get... What should it be about? I don't know. I have a shitty YouTube channel. Nobody visits that. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Funny, funny, funny. All right. Well, my next story. Dun, dun, dun. This one is right from today's headlines. And I'm going to... Today's headlines. Oh, this is the one. No, actually, this is the one I took out but put back in and didn't tell you. This oh. is the Chinese food one. I was going to say, <laughs> the takeout. Yeah, but it's not really Chinese food. It has nothing to do with Chinese food. Um, before I give any of this story, I want to say so everything I'm going to it say. It has nothing to do with takeout well, hold on, from hold on, Chinese hold on, hold on. restaurants? Everything I'm going to say here is alleged. Nothing's been proven. A lawsuit was just filed yesterday in this case. So okay. who knows what's true and what's not, but how far fetched is it, this I story? I found it very interesting anyway. A former employee of Panda Express. I love Panda Express in Santa Clarita, California. I'm scared now. Uh, she filed a lawsuit uh, this week, um, alleging that she was required to do some ungodly things at a team building seminar that Panda Express sent her to. Okay. Um, she is suing Panda Express or Panda Restaurant Group. It's a, their, you know, headquartered company or whatever. And a live seminar. Seminars. I can't say that word. Um, they're a, a coaching academy that, okay. uh, you know, a third party that people hire for team building exercises did and things like that. Did they do the trust thing and she was supposed to fall under the arms and she hit the ground and Oh, they sad? did a trust. They did some kind of trust stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, the victim says she began working for Panda Express in 2016. 
was told in, two, in July of 2019 by the store manager that if she that she needed to complete a self-improvement seminar conducted <laughs> by Alive Seminars. Self-improvement. Um, she, of course, wanted to improve her skills. She really wanted to move up in the company and become a manager. And they nobody seemed to do that at this store anyway without going through these self-improvement seminars. You had to pay for them out of your own pocket. So the company sent her there, but the company doesn't pay for it. You pay for it. Which I thought was kind of so crazy. So they kind of were like, yeah, we'll let you go to this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she was a bad employee and they were just maybe. like, maybe she'll learn something and come back a better person. Maybe, maybe. Um, the complaint alleges uh, that the seminar was bizarre and quickly devolved into psychological abuse. At the start, attendees were told to sit down and not talk. And they were left in isolation for about an hour before a man stormed in the room yelling in Spanish and berating them for sitting there and doing nothing. So they understand Spanish. Some, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, you know, they were told to sit there and don't do anything. Hour later, guy runs in yelling at him, berating them for not doing anything. Um, the man, who was in a live seminars employee, uh, proclaimed that the attendees were nothing and don't matter to anyone, uh, berated them individually, and the ov overall effect was that um, he was kind of like a, a nasty drill sergeant. Okay. You, were, you know, ever so they were going to break him down and they were build them up. Them down, yeah. Um, they were prohibited from using their cell phones. There was no clocks in the rooms. Doors and windows were all covered with black cloth. Um, she said the atmosphere resembled less of a self improvement seminar and more of a site of uh, interrogation for terrorist suspects. <laughs> Um, the sensory isolation and intimidation was reinforced by constant yelling and verbal abuse by seminar staff, creating an atmosphere of fear in the room. Uh, nevertheless, most attendees, including the person filing the lawsuit, felt they had no choice but to remain there because they were sent there by Panda Express and told them that yeah, their opportunity for promotion would depend on completing the seminar. Uh, the seminar continued on July 13th, 2019, and the woman who was uh, filing the lawsuit was forced to strip down to her underwear in oh, wow. for a trust-building exercise. I would have been like, uh, no, over my dead body. So she strips almost naked in front of strangers and coworkers. I would have never. Uh, she said she was extremely uncomfortable but pressed <laughs> on because she knew it was her only shot at promotion. <gasps> oh, my God. This is the part of leadership where you just need to yeah. walk the hell out and be like, I'm going to be the leader who's following me. Meanwhile, a live uh, seminar staff were openly ogling the women, of course, and, you know, making comments and smiling and pointing. Um, the exercise culminated when victims and other participants had to stand up and yell about their inner struggles until everyone in the else in the group believed them. Weird. That is um, weird. The last male participant had some difficulty convincing the others, and as a result, he broke down into tears. Uh, the plaintiff was told to stand up, go to the middle of the room with that male, and hug it out with him in front of everybody in their underwear. And she said it was absolutely humiliating. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't believe that many people... This to me is just like this is why cults happen yeah that this it, is why it, and part of this article i read talked about this almost this feeling like a cult thing like a like 
people do anything almost mm-hmm. that they're told to just because. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Got a little more. Uh, the alive seminar staff proceeded to dim the lights. Uh, the plaintiff and the other attendees were instructed to stand up, close their eyes, um, pretending that a light from above would come down and take uh. away all their negative energy. Um, <laughs> while this was happening, one of the seminar staff had a cell phone with a light on recording um, everybody with their eyes closed. Um Like, did this really, uh, they haven't gone through to figure out if this really actually No, the, happened. like I said, this lawsuit was just filed. But um, Like, this is crazy. At one point, the plaintiff wanted to use the restroom. Uh, somebody from a live semi- seminar staff would stand outside the door, and when another person ran into the restroom to throw up, the staff ran in after her, and another male uh, participant was only given a small trash can to throw up, up in. And forced to do it uh, all, in, forced to throw up all in front of the people, not allowed to go to the bathroom to do it. This just seems like a over and over, like ah, just it, it bothers me a little. But um, during the July thirteenth section session, uh, the victim finally makes an excuse that she has a family emergency and has to leave. Um, How would she know? She doesn't even have her phone on her. She's <laughs> in her underwear. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the lawsuit does allege that Panda Express did not care about what the plaintiff's experience was like at this seminar or that she'd been in hu- humiliated in front of her coworkers, um, and her chances of promotion were destroyed. Um, working conditions for this person uh, became worse and worse as she was treated um, not very well at work afterwards when she got back because she did not finish the, the training. Wow. So I don't, like, like I said, I don't know how much of it's true or not, who knows? Maybe it's just some frivolous lawsuit being filed where somebody wants to get a payday. I don't know. It's possible. upset because whatever. Yeah, it's possible. Who knows? But, um, but at the there, same time, if it that sounds really like there's, happened, an, there, there's enough people there that if this really happened, and we're not, we're talking about Panda Express. We're talking about a, you know, a very low end job. People aren't going to lie. People aren't going to lie about this for a job at Panda Express. No. So, I'm guessing we're going to see either one of two things is going to happen. Either it's not true or other people are going to come forward and corroborate Or there's the going to be a settlement and yeah. it's going to be hush-hush. I mean, that could be too. That could be too. I mean, it's... Like, I just, I don't get that. But at the same time, you're, I'd, I could kind of see where some people might, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, seriously? Like... The story caught my attention when it started going into, oh, they were having a team-building exercise, and I'm like, oh, I hate those things. <laughs> you know? oh, and, you know, the company I work for just recently hired a third-party company to do, like, a team-building exercise with us just for a couple hours, and nothing like this, thank God. <laughs> but Well, now that you've heard this, if that was to ever happen, just know it's okay to walk out of that room. It's okay to stand there in my underwear and scream? <laughs> I mean, if you want to and you're okay with I, that. I might have done my last team building thing in my underwear. Working from home. Who knows? <laughs> you <laughs> kidding. juggled fruit in your underwear? Yeah, actually, no, I didn't. Yeah. fruit in my underwear. Anyway, that is my story about the, the Chinese takeout food. Not really Chinese takeout, but you know. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, that's 
all I've got to say. If, but if maybe your work if to... your work tells you you need to go to a live sem- a live seminars, I would look into it first. <laughs> uh, yes, and just know if you're there and this weird stuff starts happening, leave. be the leader and leave. Leave. Just say everybody, follow me. Yeah, don't just leave. You want to be the leader, take everybody with you. I'm going to lead you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't think my last story is as interesting as that. Okay. And you'll have to keep us updated on it, too. I will. So, um, my last story is kind of a, a travel thing, but I don't know if I'd want to travel here. But okay. it was kind of interesting. A travel place that you don't know you and you really like to travel so it's got to be something odd for you not to want to travel there it's a little dark ish kind of so um it's about an alkaline african lake that turns animals into stone so it calcifies them animals into stone not really stone but it's a calcification yeah so um Oh my god, that bat thing is freaky looking. Whatever Look that is. Look at the crane on the bottom. So in 2011, when um, who is this? Strom. I don't. I don't feel like it was the person who wrote the article that actually was talking about this. Um. So some guy, I'll come across it. Mm-hmm. He was traveling. Oh, Nick Brand. Um, not the Earth author of the article so Mm. that's why i was like okay where are we he was traveling uh to shoot photos for a new book at on the disappearing wildlife of the east africa so across the ravaged land um so you could probably find these photos in there Mm -hmm. uh a natural lake that seemingly turns all sorts of animals into stone so what he said was when he saw those creatures for the first time alongside the lake. He was completely blown away. The idea for me instantly was to take portraits of them as if they were alive. <laughs> so, um, this ghastly lake, Natron, Natron, mm-hmm. um, which kind of reminded me of the Lake Nairos in Cameroon where it, it exploded and it killed yeah. the whole town that I spoke about. Yeah, but that was the first I started thinking about that as soon as you started telling this I story. Know, I'm I like, had, this I, reminds me of that. I know it's, it's not, not the same. That. But but in northern Tasnia is a salt lake. So it's the meaning of the water flows in but it doesn't mm-hmm. flow out. It only can escape by evaporation. So over time the water evaporates and it leaves behind high concentrations of salt and other minerals. Like in the Dead Sea or Utah's mm-hmm. Great Salt Lake. Yeah. But unlike those lakes, um, Lake Natron is extremely alkaline due to high amounts of chemical uh, chemicals of Natron, the sodium mm-hmm. carbonate and baking soda in the water. So the pH balances off hmm. on the alkaline so side like of the, just the neutral. It's not a base. It's an alkaline. This is just crazy, these... This, these animals were just like alive and then like that. Yep. Like, so I mean, not I get it. It's not stone, but turned to stone. <laughs> They're calcified. Yeah. Um, as you might expect, few creatures live in the harsh waters, which can reach 140 degrees Fahrenheit. 
And they're home to just a few single fish species, some algae, and a colony of flamingos. The flamingos kind of floored me there a little Hmm. bit. Um, they Do they talk the about algae. the fact that right on the you know edge of the lake, Medusa lives there? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't actually. Because, <laughs> let me tell you. So, frequently, though, migrating birds crash into the lake surface, which, I mean, that's a crane right there at yep. the bottom, and we have some hawks and yeah. all these other things. Um, so, it's serial theorize that the highly reflective chemical dense water acts like a glass door fooling birds into thinking they're flying through empty space so so not long ago um, also a helicopter pilot tragically fell victim to the same illusion and he crashed the aircraft um, into the lake holy cow so just coming into contact with the water was dangerous it's so um it's bad that even if you got the tiniest cut, it's very painful, he said. Mm. And nobody would ever swim in this. It would be complete madness. So it it would That's crazy. more like, or less kill you. Yeah, it, you're not going to live. So for a series of photos titled The Calcification and featured in this month's issue, um, and this was printed back October of 2013. So okay. if you want to look that up, it's quite a ways back. Featured in this month's issue of New Scientists, Brant posed the carcasses in lifelike positions, but the bodies themselves are exactly the way the birds were found. Um, he insisted all he did was position them on branches and um, branches feeding them through their stiff talions. Hmm. Um and it was more or less like the people that went because he didn't go find these animals mm-hmm. it's like there is a dry season so the water levels retreat okay, a little so bit then you, then and then and all them. these dead flocks of birds and stuff are ah. there and you can just pick them up as if they're just yeah. whole birds wow so yeah it was that is just crazy like you have to like check out these pictures and like they're in black and white so it almost looking. makes them look creepier yeah. which i'm sure he did intentionally well, sure, because sure. looking at them it's like you can tell they're skeletonish mm-hmm. type like the eyes aren't there <laughs> it's like a dead fish carcass it's amazing what kind of places there are in this world like that you know i know these like places that are like so deadly like you, you can't exist there <laughs> like well, you can exist there. Well, i know you, just you can need to you be just careful better not the touch only the water way you, you know <laughs> don't touch the water is when you watch your friend go yeah if you're the first pioneers in that area yeah like it's crazy ah, that's crazy so i mean i just literally like i mean obviously not literally but it's just like they turned to stone like crazy well because we have been talking about going to Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and most people know it's the super no- volcano, and mm-hmm. I think we've even talked about it before mm-hmm. on here. Um, but they have the calcification like in a different way, because people could die in those waters oh, yeah. too, because they hit. You can just, and it's happened. Um, but I've noticed when me and the kids were watching some of the footage through Yellowstone, mm-hmm. there's. I think it's mammoth. Oh, I can't remember what 
part of Yellowstone. But it reminded me, and we covered it, of the Turkish, um, the salt. Oh, but the calcification, like it was the hot springs Mm -hmm. in Turkey. And it was like calcification little pods and hot waters Mm -hmm. went running through them. And I see that forming in certain areas of Yellowstone. It just hasn't hit that mark yet. And I'm like, how much you want to bet Turkey is a volcano and maybe they're aware of it i have no idea but it it just it blew my mind and it makes me wonder about this like is that more of a volcano and people just aren't aware of it yet maybe maybe like maybe it's just so been so quiet for years Mm -hmm. and i don't know like all these thoughts go through my head Hmm. yep Cool, cool. Well, my last story. This one's going to be short and sweet. Short and sweet? Short and sweet. Like a cinnamon roll. Um, Like a Coca-Cola. Coca-Colas are tall. Not if you get a short one. <laughs> <laughs> a mini? Anyway. <laughs> this comes from Japan. Japan. The Japanese government has done something, has partnered with... um. Some vending vending machine companies. Now it's uh, pretty well known that Japan is famous for its vending machines. You can get anything out of a vending machine in Japan. They that I had no idea. Like <laughs> they use vending machines for everything. Ramen like, noodles. Yeah, I'm sure you can get electronics. You can get underwear. You can get anything you want at a vending machine. Just depends Weird. on what you want. They're very very popular there. Weird. But what the Japanese government did was they decided they had. They they own the Japanese government owns the subway systems in Japan, mm-hmm. and vending machine companies have always wanted to put vending machines there, but they wouldn't. You know, it's government property; they would never let them. Okay. Well, they finally cut a deal, and they allowed vending machine companies to come in and put vending machines in under one condition. They get some of the profit. No, well, there is a little bit of a profit share there, but the biggest condition was. If there is some kind of natural disaster, an earthquake, a tsunami, a button can be switched and people can access food and water for free from those vending machines. Wow. So it's kind of like a natural disaster thing. And if the button's pressed, then the Japanese people know if you are in the subway, you are trapped, you are, you know, something like that. You have access to food and water if you can get to a vending machine and you will dispense it for free. That was their, you know, what happened if, yep. and they made a plan. Yeah, and they, I thought it was a good plan. That's an amazing plan. I think plan. it is a good plan. You know, and especially, you know, a place like Japan, it's nothing but an island. They have earthquakes. They, you know, can get hit with all kinds of things that can go wrong. And you're oh talking yeah. subway systems underground usually. And, yeah, a lot of things can go wrong. Perfect spot to have. Government-sponsored vending machines that sell all kinds of stuff during normal hours, but once this button is switched, they will dispense, you know, sodas, water, food. I wonder food. if Pocky's a thing in Japan. I have no idea. I mean, it's a thing here as, as a Japanese hi, as treat, Japanese stuff, but, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's a thing over there. Like, no. it could just be an Americanized, this is from Japan. Yeah, it could be. It could I have be. no idea. could be. So Makes yeah. you wonder. Short little story, but it was a, a, a great way that, you know, Vending machine companies have partnered with the Japanese government to, I go to help save the people. Vending machines. Yeah, it's like crazy. I've seen pictures of, and it's just like they are a vending machine culture. It's that's crazy. It's insane. Like 
anything you can think of just about you can get out of a vending machine nice so if you're traveling you could be like hey one of the kids shit themselves we yeah. need some underwear <laughs> it's um it, it's where like we have this now in the last 10 years we've gotten in some like airports and things like that but it's very common for electronics to be in vending machines like now we do that now in airports you can buy like an ipod Okay. Can't I've buy an never iPod. seen that in an airport. But I then again, first I've time, never stopped at a vending machine. First time I saw it was on our way to Vegas seven hmm. years ago. Or I whatever, was with you and ago. I didn't even see that. And they were, I think there were, at the time it was iPods, cell phones, and headphones, like Bose headphones and stuff like that. Weird. It was like a Best Buy vending machine. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So, if, uh. I don't know what to say. If you want to give us any feedback, you have anything <laughs> you want to say to us, you can always do that through our email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can join us on Facebook if you haven't already joined us there. And yes. you can leave a comment, follow us there, and share everything. Follow, uh, follow share. us at the same time that you're following the you know conspiracy theorist group that you followed from the first story tonight. <laughs> Didn't we even cover the flat earthers? I don't think we've ever covered flat earthers. I've thought about it, but then I'm like, I don't know. There's so much there. there is. <laughs> if you're even following them, feel yes. free to leave a comment about that. Yes, leave a comment. It's always interesting to hear where I am these always opinions or just. I'm always intrigued at even things that I will never believe in. I'm intrigued in who believes them, why they believe them, and what it's all about. I like. I'm interested in other people and what they think. Should have went to school for psychology. Yeah, no thanks. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta know how the human brain works. It's a mystery. Otherwise, was it my turn? Yes, it's your turn. I just did Facebook. Oh, you just did Facebook. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have Twitter. Um, I don't think you ever gave where to come in Facebook. That's why I didn't go. Oh, oh, Outlandish Hellcast Podcast. Yes. We're also, we're <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely follow us there and love what we got to say. Or, of course, leave a rating or review in whatever application you're listening to this show on. And remind Alan that he's not the most funniest. I am not the funniest. <laughs> not the mostest funniest one. I'm the mostest funniestest. Of course you're the mostest Because I'm funniest. the bestestest. Well... You spend the next two weeks being the best this is, and everybody else can have a good couple of weeks. Uh, for sure. Bye. <laughs>